Hey, what's up? Hello, guys. Welcome to In the Room, a wrestling podcast from the Des Moines Register. I'm Cody Goodwin, the Register's wrestling writer, and I am glad you are here. It is Thursday, April 1st, and I'm not joking or fooling around today when I tell you guys that the Olympic trials begin tomorrow. Um, you guys, I can't stress this enough. The level of collective talent across all three of the Olympic disciplines, men's freestyle, women's freestyle, Greco-Roman, far and away better than what we saw two weeks ago in St. Louis. Um, I'm not joking here. It's easy to say that because it's the Olympics and two weeks ago it was the NCAA wrestling championship. So Olympics versus college, yada, yada. I get that. But here's a couple of fun stats for you guys. There are 72 total qualifiers in the men's freestyle tournament alone. So 72 men qualified for the Olympic trials, men's freestyle, um, of those 72 wrestlers, 70 of them were NCAA all Americans, 38 of them. So a little bit over half won NCAA titles. Shout out to John Kozak for those numbers. He does the freestyle rankings for Flow Wrestling. But do the math. There are only six weights in the men's freestyle Olympic trials because they shrink them from 10 to 6 um, every Olympic year. But that's 11, almost 12 All-Americans per weight and six NCAA champs per weight. Guys, imagine for a moment if a single weight at the NCAA championships had almost 12 previous All-Americans and six previous champs, ESPN would hype that up so freaking bad, and we as wrestling fans would go bananas over that bracket that the winner would become an instant legend and anybody else that made the podium would still be considered a superhero. That's the Olympic trials this weekend. We're going to see the country's best vying for an opportunity to compete on the sport's biggest stage. It's an all-star mix of the country's most talented wrestlers trying to beat one another for a chance at a lifelong dream. And that doesn't even include the fact that there are two weights that have two previous world champs in it. I'm talking 74 kilograms with Jordan Burroughs and Kyle Dake and 97 kilograms with Kyle Snyder and Jaden Cox. Literally two world champs from the U.S. will not be going to the Olympic Games this year, guys. That's insanity. It's going to be fantastic. I hope you guys tune in. I'm already down here in Fort Worth. There's a palpable excitement in the air. I'm sure you guys saw the picture of the flag that I posted when I first got down here. Um, It's going to be awesome. If you're not here, you can watch it live. Uh, Friday's early sessions are going to be on Peacock TV. Saturday's Challenge Tournament Finals are going to be on NBC Sports Main. That's, you know, you can catch that on live television. Then Saturday's Challenge Tournament Consolations, because there's still a national team here that they have to figure out. That's going to be also on Peacock TV. And then you got the best of three championship finals to figure out who's going to go to Tokyo. That's going to be back on NBC Sports. Peacock TV is offering a free trial. I just signed up for it. They offer individual mat cams, too, because they're going to be running four mats this weekend do it you guys do it do it do it you will not regret it now did you guys know that iowa has a rich history of wrestling in the olympics that's kind of an a a duh thing like super obvious right but actually think about this there has been some form of iowa tie whether it be wrestler or i think one year there was a coach um on the olympic wrestling team every year since 1948 guys that's almost a hundred years right um, back in 1948, it was Clarion's Glenn Brand. He won gold as a middleweight. 1952, it was Bill Smith, who's from Council Bluffs. He won gold as a welterweight. This was back before they actually just assigned numerical numbers to these things. Numerical numbers. Man, I'm on, I'm on point today, right? On and on the list goes, right? Uh, Dale Thomas in 1956. Terry McCann in 1960. Bobby, Bobby Douglas in 1964. Steve Combs and Tom Peckham in 1968. Dan freaking Gable and his pals from Iowa State in 1972. Then in 1976, Ben Peterson. Handful of Iowa wrestlers made it in 1980, but the UK, U.S. boycotted the games that summer. Fast forward to 1984, more Hawkeye wrestlers with Randy Lewis, Barry Davis, and the Bannock brothers. 1988, Nate Carr. 1992, Kevin Jackson and Chris Campbell. 1996, Tom Brown. 
brands. In 2000, Terry Brands and Lincoln McElravey. 2004, Kale Sanderson and Joe Williams. 2008, Doug Schwab, Mike Zadick, Steve Mako, and Ben Askren, I guess, if we're counting the fact that he was born in Cedar Rapids. 2012, Jake Varner won gold. And then in 2016, Daniel Dennis made the team and went to Rio. So who's next, right? That's the natural question. Nothing is a sure thing, right? Because we're talking about the Olympic trials here. But there are a ton of wrestlers with Iowa ties that are competing this weekend. We have... Thomas Gilman, former Hawkeye who's competing at 57 kilograms in men's freestyle. Joe Colon from Clear Lake in Northern Iowa, also at 57 kilograms. David Carr, recent NCAA champ from Iowa State and a past junior world champ as well as a cadet world medalist. He's at 74 kilograms. Pat Downey, I don't know if Iowa State fans are still claiming that dude, uh, but he was an All-American for the Cyclones way back when. Um, he's going to be competing at 86 kilograms. He was on the world team, I think, when David Taylor got hurt. I forget, I think that was 2019, actually, now that I think about it. Uh, Sammy Brooks, past All-American from Iowa. He's also at 86 kilograms. Kyvin Gadsden, another NCAA champ from Iowa State. Uh, he's been in the world team trials finals or final X each of the last three years. Uh, he'll be competing at 97 kilograms. Got to talk to him, have a lengthy interview um, and story on him. You guys can find the links to that in the show notes. Um, go check that out. And then on the women's freestyle side, Felicity Taylor from South Winnesheek, a recent uh, national champ from McKendry. She's going to be competing at 53 kilos. And then Rachel Waters from Ballard. Um, she's also going to be competing in women's freestyle at 68 kilograms. There's also, if you look at the list on USA Wrestling, Joey Palmer, who was part of the Cyclone RTC at one point, um, I think he was like a like a graduate assistant, like an unofficial member of the coaching staff for a little while in Ames. Um, he's wrestling Greco-Roman, 60 kilos. And then there's also the uh, five women's freestyle wrestlers who were formerly part of the Hawkeye Wrestling Club, Allie Reagan, Kayla Miracle, Forrest Molinari, Lauren Louise, and Michaela Beck. Um, not sure if you guys are still counting any of them among the group of wrestlers with Iowa ties, but there you go. Um, the point here, though, lots of Iowa connections to follow Friday and hopefully for their sake on Saturday. Your boy's already down here in Fort Worth, so I'll keep you guys up to date on all the action, Iowa-related and not, because we're all wrestling fans here, and this is Team USA that we're talking about. So follow your boy on Twitter. We've had stories all week. We're going to continue with more through the weekend. i got another story that's coming out today, um, just kind of a further breakdown of all these Iowa-connected wrestlers and kind of what their paths are to make the Olympic team. Um, so yeah, follow your boy on Twitter. Um, we'll keep you up to date through the weekend. It's going to be a blast guys. Please do it. You don't want to miss this. Um, that's enough of me blabbering. Um, the rest of the show is actually an interview with the one and only Thomas Gilman. I caught up with him earlier this week and, and we talked about really his past year. Um, the pandemic obviously put things on hold for all the Olympic hopefuls, uh, but Gilman himself underwent many life changes at the same time. He left Iowa, of course, moved to Pennsylvania. He joined a different wrestling club. He also got married, uh, but through all of that, he's still competing. He's still one of the favorite to make the Olympic team this weekend. We talked about all of that and more for about 40 minutes or so, and I've turned that into a podcast here for you guys today. It was a really fun conversation. I always love catching up with Gilman and, and talking wrestling and life with that guy. Uh, you know, I was covering the Iowa wrestling program at the same time he was there, um, obviously continued covering his his freestyle career. And, and me and him, I, I kind of mentioned this when I was talking to him as well. Um, you know, me and him have a, have a small little history. You know, he, he went to Omaha Scott Catholic, but he would come down to Kansas City every now and again and wrestle with uh, some of the some of my teammates at Park Hill. Um, he'd put a beating on me and then he would also compete with, uh, you know, the likes of like Alan Waters, who went to Mizzou and Bricker Dixon, who went to Cornell and and a few other guys as well. So we've kind of known each other on and off, um, you know, for the better. 
you know, more than a decade, really. So um, it's really been fun just kind of following his wrestling career. And, um, you know, I'm excited to watch him compete again this weekend. I got to see him a handful of, you know, some of the individual cards that Nittany Lion Wrestling Club was doing. And, um, you know, guys, he, he looks pretty good, man. He looks pretty good. He looks pretty confident. Um, you know, I'm, and I'm really excited to kind of see what he can do this weekend. It's going to be fun. We'll get to that conversation now. Let's cue up that uh, transition music. Thanks a bunch for listening, you guys. I will catch you on the other side. Enjoy. Thomas Gilman, out in State College now. We got him here over Zoom. Um, man, it's been close to a year since you've moved from Iowa City to Pennsylvania. Um, and I know you've traveled quite a bit competing and whatnot, but that's, you know, that's that's home now, Pennsylvania out there. Um, yeah. Let's, I guess let's start here, man. What, what has the, what's the year been like from a wrestling perspective, from, from a life perspective? I mean, there's, you've had a really busy year. It seems like just kind of tracking down all your competitions, but, all, but then also, you know, like you got married, right? Like there's, mm-hmm. there's a lot going on here for you. Yeah. So it's been, it's been kind of a crazy um, journey, you know, starting a year ago, actually, you know, COVID hit and, you know, we got news that trials were going to be postponed and the Olympics postponed for a year. And, you know, me and my wife now fiance at the time we're trying to figure out you know what the heck do we do now you know and we're looking to get back to Pennsylvania at some point you know start a family be close to her mom and her family and you know got a call from coach kale and it was you know divine intervention you know there's no other way to tell it load up a 26 foot u-haul and head halfway across the nation and land here in Belfont Pennsylvania but it's been good. Um, everyone here has been super good to us, you know, very welcoming and, and accepting. Um, I mean, just, you know, just been training and, and living, kind of, you know, working on my mind. And I got married, like you said, you know, in October. So very grateful for that and grateful for my wife. And uh, things are just good, man. I just feel, feel, feel good. Um, you know, training's going well and I'm just in a good headspace and, just trying to be present and grateful for all my opportunities and opportunities to come and just trying to, you know, wake up every day and go to sleep every day with gratitude and let God handle the rest. We love that, man. We love that. Um, I know obviously there's big competition coming at the end of the week. Right. Um, but before, before we touch on that a little bit, I wanted to kind of ask you about this last year, right? I mean, you, you said it, you loaded up a, a big U-Haul and moved halfway across the country. And that was after basically spending all of your life in Iowa, right? Like I know you wrestled high school at, at Scott and that's in Omaha. Um, but you know, I mean, you know, you're right there on the border. You, you go to the university of Iowa. Um, was that strange? Like to, to get up and leave the state, like the, like one of the only states you've ever known really to, and then, you know, to kind of move and, and do, you know, pick up and move life basically to another state altogether. Yeah. Um, it, it was, it was very strange. It, it was, it was definitely a leap of faith, but at the same time, it was, um, it was easy at the same time because my wife is from central Pennsylvania. Um, I know all these guys here pretty well, you know, just traveling, being at camps and stuff. You know, I room with Zane all summer in 2017 and we've had that friendship ever since. Um, you know, so he was a big pull for me to come here. So I, I was almost established before I even got here, you know, I had the re- relationships, um, with the guys on the team 
but like you said, I spent my whole life in Iowa, you know, grew up in Southwest Iowa, across the river to go to high school, but you know, there's no difference between Southwest Iowa and uh, Southeast Nebraska, really, if you've ever been there, there's no difference. <laughs> I mean, going to Iowa City, you know, born and born and raised in Iowa, wrestled college there, and it's just, and then, you know, come to Penn State, it's the, the biggest rival, you know, I even talk crap on these guys, you know, <laughs> about killing Nittany Lions, it's the only hunting I like to do, but you know, it's, um, it's just been, it's just been good. You know, I'm, I'm very, I'm very grateful for the opportunity to be here and, and just thankful, you know, um, but it, it was, it was an easy transition. Like I said, you know, everyone's very welcoming and, and excited for me to be here. And I, I was the same, you know, I was excited to kind of change up the system a little bit and, and get a new perspective on not only wrestling, but on life, you know, I think, um, Kale and company have helped me grow, you know, in, in my mental game and, in my soul and my spirit as well. So uh, I'm just very grateful for them. Absolutely. Absolutely. The, the familiarity with, with a lot of those guys. And I know Zane specifically is a guy that you've mentioned, not just here, but in previous interviews. Right. Um, I did. How, how, how quickly did that kind of help you settle in as soon as you guys got out there? I mean, was it, was it kind of immediate? Did it, did it take a minute or, or how quickly did the transition take? Um, obviously there's a breaking period, right. With, with the culture, I'm coming from a completely different culture at university of Iowa, you know, it's not better. It's not worse. It's just different. Right. Um, and so there's certain things I had to get used to. And quite frankly, it was things that I need to get better at, you know, uh, <laughs> one thing I, I thought about at the beginning of quarantine was I need to kind of wash my mouth a little bit. Um, <laughs> not, not like smack talking way. Cause I just kind of express myself differently than a lot of people, but just like, I curse too much sometimes, you know, and, and, you know, coach Kale and then they don't curse, you know, and then it's that, um, not, not that it's not allowed, but it's very much shunned upon, you know? So, um, <laughs> that was a little bit of a transition and it was easy for me to transition really because it's wrestling, you know, and you get in there and I want to be an Olympic gold medalist. And so do all those other guys, you know, from Zane and Bo and David, to you know, Nolf and Vincenzo Joseph, you know, we're all on the same page. We all want, to be the best, you know, and at the end of the day, it's not necessarily being about Olympic gold medals, even though it is, you know, it's just about um, being the best we can be, you know, at the end of every day. And, um, you know, it's, it's obviously harder for my wife to transition, you know, wherever we go, but um, you know, some of the females on the, or the wives and fiancés and the girlfriends of the guys in the, the club and the team have reached out to her and I've done a really good job. And I'm really thankful for them to, to reach out to her and make her, you know, feel at home. And, you know, she feels at home too. So that, that was, that was really important to me, you know, so not only me transitioning, but uh, our whole family kind of transitioning. So it's been good. Absolutely. How much did it help? Cause like, I know that you guys moved out there like right at the beginning of the pandemic, I guess, or right at the beginning of like quarantine where a lot of things were shut down. Um, yeah. And then you kind of mentioned a little bit too, before we started recording here, just, yeah once you guys were able to get back into the room, right? Like I know that, you know, David has his M2 um, gym. And so he was able to open up that up for you guys, um, you know, just to, to get out there and start rustling. And I, did that help the transition? I imagine it probably did. Yeah. Yeah, it did. Um, the beginning was, was a little rough uh, admittedly, but we, because we, we sold our house and then we loaded up the hall and we moved in my in-laws. And anyone that's lived with the in-laws, it's, <laughs> it, it's difficult, you know, not, not only for us, for them too. You know, they, they had all their kids move out and then they have <laughs> their daughter and her fiance moving in. So 
uh, I can't imagine the kind of hair they're pulling out when they heard that news, but, um, but it was good. You know, it, it, it was a learning experience for everybody. And like, we're very gracious and grateful for them to allow us to do that. But during that time, we were kind of looking for houses and, and that was kind of our jumping off point. And that's about an hour and a half away from where we're at here. So we're kind of just looking at houses and it's hard, you know, cause at first it was all over zoom and we're thinking about putting offers on houses and we're like, oh, I don't know. You know, it's, we haven't seen it. We don't know the area. So we just kind of would drive up here and drive around. And thankfully things started open up where we could go um, look at houses. And actually the house we're living in now, I wasn't even in town. You know, <laughs> when we put the offer in, I was down at, with uh, Coach Guerrero down in Oklahoma because things in Oklahoma opened up and he called me and said, you want to come down and train? I said, heck yeah. And that was before we started training up here. And my wife found a house. She's like, what do you think? I was like, I don't, I mean, I think whatever you think, you know, if you want to put an offer in, put an offer in. So she put the offer in and we got it. And then, you know, the rest is history. So, but then once we got up here, it, it, you know, it's been easy because we got up here and started practicing and getting the whole groove. So, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Happy wife, happy life. Right. That's what they say. <laughs> no, man, just like talking to, you know, and I'm not sure people who, who listen to the podcast know that. I mean, you and I were at Iowa at the same time. Um, yeah. There's a little bit of a, of a history here when you, I mean, you'd come down from Scott to Park Hill and practice every now and again, and, and you'd beat the hell out of me and wrestle with Alan Waters and Bricker Dixon a little bit. And um, so like just, you know, hearing, you know, a guy that like I've known for, you know, years now, right. And I've been watching wrestle for years now, um, you know, part of my Midwestern tongue, but like, you know, go through some real grown up shit, like yeah, pretty cool. Right. Like a little nerve wracking, but also like just at the same time, it's like, damn, man, like he's really figuring some stuff out. Like that's, that's, it's awesome to hear. Yeah. Just one step at a time. Right. I mean, something me and my wife joke about is like, we're just kids pretending to be adults, you know, <laughs> we've got, we've gotten two houses now and we still don't know what a mortgage is or how it works or, you know, is 30 year lean loan, whatever the lingo is but we still don't know what it means but you know that's why you have people around it and you just ask a lot of questions and that's all you can do you know that's the the biggest thing i learned in this whole process is just ask a lot of questions until you know you figure out the answer you get close to an answer you know it doesn't matter you know if you don't know you don't know so ask absolutely absolutely so I, was there a moment i whenever it, it may have been where you really truly felt like settled and you felt like that that place was home now um, I don't think it, there's ever a, a moment, like an aha moment. I think it was just like slowly over time. It, it was just like, it just kind of started to sink in and you're just like, wow, yeah, this is, this is it. This is home. You know, I think, um, you know, from day one, just the way we were, um, you know, accepted in the community and, and so forth, I think it, it helped, but it wasn't one aha moment, but just slowly over time, you know, you just kind of put down your roots. And as uh, Habib would say, you say plant a tree and we've kind of planted a tree here. So um, and that takes a little bit, a little bit to, to get going, but it's, um, yeah, just over time, it, it, it just slowly sinks in. Absolutely. Yeah. What's your, uh, what's your favorite non-wrestling part about living in Pennsylvania? Raw milk. Really? Can't get that in Iowa. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Why that? 
I don't know. It's something I've always kind of been fascinated with in a way, just because I went through this kind of phase in in college, you know, being at a university and a liberal arts school, you know, you kind of get a little liberalized and I kind of got a little, a little bit of hippie tent to me now, but uh, I've always been fascinated with, with just organic and raw and stuff straight from the earth. That's not tampered with by chemicals and man. And um you know, you just can't, you, for whatever reason, you can't get raw milk in Iowa. It's just part of the law. I'm not going to, you know, there's nothing I can say about that. It was this the law, but here um, you can just go, there's a, a farmer down the road, you know, about 25 minutes where I go get my milk from, you know, it's, it's just, it's kind of, it's just fun for me. You know, you go and you see the cows and the whole farm, it stinks and there's chickens running around and it's kind of what I picture my life here after wrestling and get, get me <laughs> gallon of uh raw milk and bring it home and just a little extra horsepower in there and it's not tampered with i like it i like it you can see it uh um you know you you look like you've got a little bit more beef on you a little bit now at, at 57 kilo um i get you you've always wrestled 57 but just in the matches that i have seen look a little bit stronger so i'm gonna blame the milk it's in the milk you know <laughs> no artificial home runs in there just straight horsepower I like it. I like it, man. Um, speaking of the wrestling, um, you know, in addition to just kind of training and, and getting into the, the swing of things there, once you guys are able to kind of open back up a little bit, um, you know, the, I, the other cool thing that I noticed about since you've been out there is just, you know, and I, this looks like it was more kind of a Nittany Lion thing. Um, you're competing a lot, man, like a lot of these different events. Um, I know you went overseas, just getting your hands on a lot of different guys. Um, the what has that been like to, to be able to find opportunities like that at a time where, you know, maybe some, you know, wrestling's maybe not in the same rhythm as you would be during a normal, like freestyle season in the lead up to, you know, an Olympic trials, for example, because it seems like you guys, you've been able to get a lot of opportunities to compete and, and not a lot of people can maybe say that. Yeah. We've definitely had to be, had to be creative, you know, just the wrestling community in general, you know, I think Rockfin, um, started a little bit before this, but it, it was made for this, you know? Um, and so I'm thankful for, for Rockfin and, and the opportunity that that presents, not just with the Indian line wrestling club, but I also wrestled on a card um, in Wisconsin with the Wisconsin RTC and thankful for them to invite me out and be able to compete, even though it didn't go my way. It's just, it's an opportunity to compete and, and sharpen your skills against a good opponent and then see where you're at. Um, also thankful for coach Kale, you know, he kind of spearheaded, um, all these rock fan cards and, um, he put in him and coach Cody and Cunningham and Varner, they all put in a lot of effort, you know, and a lot of people behind the scenes put in a lot of effort to, to get these things going. And, and, uh, it's just been fun. You know, it's been fun. It kind of reminded me of being in college again, a little bit, you know, where you get with the guys and you're cutting weight and you're recovering after weigh-ins and then you're going out and competing and cheering on your, your teammates and, it, it kind of brought me back to the glory days of college, you know, it was kind of fun, but I had the opportunity to go to France and that was a unique, unique experience, you know, with, with COVID and just experiencing what COVID was like overseas. And, you know, we got to be thankful that we live here, you know, they, they're locking the people down pretty good. Um, but it, it was a good, good experience. And just anywhere I could compete, I, I was trying to, you know, I, I would have liked to go to the, the open, but, uh, I was going to, but then I, you know, I was talking with coach Cody and he said, you know what, you're, I was getting married the next weekend. And he's like, you don't, you know, you only get married once. 
So uh, let's focus on that and go have fun and enjoy it. When you're done, we'll get back to training and figure out another competition because there's always going to be more. So. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you could have just came into, cause you got married back here in Iowa, right? Yeah. Yeah. You could have yeah. just came and competed and then went and got married. I don't know how well that would have gone over with, uh, with the misses, but um, well, you know. That, yeah. That was the plan initially. <laughs> and then, uh, so, you know, that's why you have coaches, people that are wiser than you telling you, Hey, maybe not. Let's just focus on this. And looking back, it was good because I needed to be present. You know, you, you only do it once and it was a very amazing experience. So uh, I didn't want to be all wrapped up or still wrapped up in the competition um, while I was getting married. So it was, it was, it was probably best. I gotcha. I gotcha. I'm gonna put you on the spot here. Um, a lot of people, or at least maybe a lot of people that I know, I guess, um, yeah, you know, we're in Iowa still. still, still in Iowa. <laughs> when, uh, but, but people, I guess the people that I know um, in Iowa and otherwise, uh, when they get married, they usually say that nothing changes. Um, has anything changed for you since, since the magical wedding day? I think a lot has changed um, with me personally, because there's a certain amount of responsibility that you take on as a husband um, that I don't take lightly. Uh, and I don't think any husband should, you know, things don't change really um, in the sense of like your everyday life. You know, you, me and my wife, we, I mean, we've been together for seven years, so there's not, everything that's good, bad, or indifferent, we know, you know, there's no, no more secrets after seven years. And if there is, she's a pretty good secret hider because I can't keep a secret, but no, I, I just, I think that there, there's a lot more responsibility as far as um, not only taking care of like my wife and our future kids and, and, you know, our dogs and chickens, but taking care of myself so I can take care of them. You know, you don't take as, not that I was a huge risk taker anyways, you know, I was, you know, still am a little honorary, but um, there's certain things that maybe I wouldn't do now that I would have done two or three years ago, just because, you know, it's just maybe not worth the risk, you know, if I get hurt or whatever, you know, if I get in trouble, you know, maybe run my mouth or uh, fighting downtown or whatever it might be, you know, and I, it just ruins your reputation maybe. And you might not be able to get a job and, and bring money and food to put on the table. So uh, definitely more responsibility. Um, but I, I enjoy it. I think it's, it's part of being a man. You know, you can't really be a man until you're, until you're um, not that you can't be a man until you're married, but there's a different, there's definitely a difference um, as far as your, your mental mindset, I'd say. Hell yeah. The, the idea that just sprung an idea on me, the idea of, of Thomas Gilman wrecking dudes somewhere in a downtown setting um, is an amazing picture for me. Um, so that might be a different conversation for a different time if that actually happened. Maybe uh, over a few beers sometime. <laughs> sounds like I need to go back to Pennsylvania then. Uh, Got it for you. Absolutely. I, uh, I, well, I wanted to transition to the wrestling now, right? Because that's, you know, hey, big event this weekend coming up. Yep. Um, since you've been out in Pennsylvania and since you've been training with Nittany Lion, um, where do you feel like you've grown the most when it comes to, you know, your technique, your, your style, just where, where do you feel like you've grown as a wrestler since you've been out there, um, you know, wrestling, wrestling with those guys? I think I've just, uh, my mind's been opened up a little bit more. Um, I think just looking back to my high school career and in conversations I've had with my high school coach, you know, I was very 
don't know how much how creative I was as as an athlete, like like putting cre- creative things out on the mat. But I always enjoyed learning new things and and studying guys that weren't really my style and just trying to apply those things to my wrestling and and always tinkering with things. And when I got to college, you know, I kind of focused very heavily on, on like the hand fighting and the inside tie, very Iowa style. And, and, uh, it served me well, you know, um, obviously it got me really far and there's, you can't say anything bad about it. I'm not, not trying to, but there's a certain transition I need to make to get from where I was at and where I need to go or where I want to go. And that was just open up my mind to, to new possibilities and, and kind of wrestling through, all positions in every position. And if I'm kind of getting stymied in a position, um, instead of just doing it harder or not doing it at all, just figuring out a way to get through it with a little bit of creativity and a little wizardry, wizardry, you know? Um, I think just being around guys that are able to, it's like just scrambling Two, you know, I think I've, I've developed a lot there, you know, far ankle scrambles, stuff like that. Um, nothing crazy, you know, it's, I'm still doing the same, same things Thomas Gilman's always done. It's just got a little different, you know, a little different flair to it. And I just feel, feel more free, more open. You know, I think just the way Coach Kale approaches the sport um, and talks to his guys, I think it really resonates with me. Um, just more the mental game, just kind of relaxing a little bit more, just going out and, you know, it's cliche at this point, but who cares? It's just having fun. You know, I, I got to the point in my wrestling career where, you know, quite frankly, I don't know how much fun I was really having. It was a job. And of course it is a job, but it doesn't mean it can't be fun. And I kind of felt like I'm in a renaissance of my wrestling career now, you know, enjoying going to practice and I get a pit in my stomach when I drive by rec hall and I'm not going to practice. <laughs> you know, I, I really enjoy and look forward to going to practice, you know, it's because uh, it's always hard and it's always a grind, you know, wrestling always is, but um, just a little bit different mindset. I think it's been good for me. Yeah, absolutely. I think just, you know, in, in the, in the times that I've been able to watch you, like I was able to watch a couple of your matches when you were over in France, um, you know, I've tried my best to keep up with every single card that you've been on. Um you know, I, the, the one thing that maybe stands out to me, so maybe correct me if I'm wrong here, is that you you see, you see use the word kind of more freely. Um, you know, I think like you, you all seem like more comfortable to be in positions that maybe you normally wouldn't have put yourself in when you were here in Iowa. Um, you know, like you mentioned, like the far ankle scramble, like you, you seem more comfortable to go there um, and maybe a couple other positions now, maybe just because of, you know, who you've been practicing with and kind of who your coaches are now and just, you know, being more familiar with positions like that. Is that fair or, or am I wrong? Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely fair. I think I have more confidence going my, my attacks, you know, going to the legs. Um, instead of just, you know, maybe underhook throw by or pushing guy out or getting them down underneath me and, and running the corner. You know, I feel more confident going to the legs. I know if I don't get to the legs or if the guy starts rolling around scrambling, you know, I got some of the best guys in the world that can scramble that I'm practicing with, you know? So, you know, like take RBY for an example. You know, he won the national championship on a reshot. You know, he's a fast guy. But I have a lot of confidence going his legs because I've trained with him so much that, you know, I, I, I've learned how to, you know, maneuver myself through those positions. And and uh, where at, whereas before, I just probably wouldn't shoot on, on Roman just because he's, <laughs> he's too fast, you know. And, 
And if, it, if I was coaching against him, I say, don't shoot, get him underneath you and run behind him. But, you know, that's just wrestling guys like that and just, you know, you, you fail and you fail and you fail and you figure it out and you fail again and you figure it out. And then a lot more confidence, you know, just, just letting, you know, coach, you know, coaches kind of say, just let go. You know, it's quite literal for me. Just let go of the guy's head and go to his leg. Cause it's going to be there and then figure it out when you get there. Yeah. So I was trying to figure it out. hundred percent. Yeah. And kind of like you said, you know, you're still doing the same things Thomas Gilman always done. Um, you know, like I remember that first card where you're wrestling Darian Cruz and you have that dude gassed by the start of the second period. You know, that's still the same Thomas Gilman. I remember watching when you were out here, just constant pressure working on these guys. And then as soon as they break, takedown after takedown after takedown and boom, it's a tech fall. Um, right. So that's, you know, it's just kind of like, you know, and I talk to high schoolers about this and high school coaches and club coaches back here in Iowa about this all the time about just kind of in, intermingling with different clubs and different practice partners just to get different feels and, you know, to just add different dimensions to your wrestling, right? Like it's not unlike what you're doing here going from, you know, Iowa out to Pennsylvania to wrestle with those guys and to just kind of, you know, pick up different tactics and, and pick different wrestling minds to try and figure out how it helps you, right? Like that's, that's all this is to me. Yeah, it's, it's exactly where, what it is. You know, just um, there's a certain point where you just need a change. You just need change. And change isn't bad. You know, change is good. You need change to grow. You need to be uncomfortable to grow. And, and that's kind of where I was at. You know, I just I maybe was too comfortable, you know, in Iowa. And I was there for seven and a half years. You know, it's hard not to be comfortable <laughs> after that long. And, and I just needed, you know, I was kind of in a rut a little bit, you know, mentally and physically and, and physically because I was mentally. Um, but that's not on anybody but myself, you know, and, and this transition hasn't been about anybody but me, you know, I'm just doing what's best for Thomas Gilman. You know, if, you know, someone doesn't like that, then I don't, that's their problem. You know, it's just, <laughs> you got to do what you got to do to, to improve your art and your craft. And, you know, you would do the same thing if you had another opportunity to, to sharpen your skills, you go to the, another, another place, another opportunity. So hundred percent. Absolutely. Um, so now that we're at the, the week of the Olympic trials, um, you know, you mentioned just kind of how you, you, you're in a good headspace, you feel good physically. Um, you know, what, what is it like knowing that, you know, we had to wait an extra year, right. To get to the Olympic trials, but now here we are, it's at the end of the week. Um, you know, is it excitement? Is it, are you anxious? Is there a little bit of nerves there? Like what, what, what are you feeling? What emotions are you feeling knowing that, you know, you're, you're, you could run down a lifelong dream or at least take another step closer toward a lifelong dream this week. I think it's all the above. Um, it's been a long time in the coming and we had to wait a whole year for this, you know, it, <laughs> it put some guys into retirement. It brought some guys maybe back in the fold, you know, maybe they were hurt or injured or whatever. Um, I'm just mostly excited, you know, excited for the opportunity to compete. You know, I got a lot of good guys in my weight and I, uh, I'm very grateful for that. You know, I, I don't want it any other way because I need to sharpen my skills and I want to see, you know, how I stack up against some of the best guys in the, in the nation. Um, I know where I'm going to land. I know where I stand, but um, we also have to prove it too. Um, just, just mostly just excited. Obviously there's nerves, anxiety and whatever, but it's just one step at a time. And, and the step that we're at right now is just kind of, you know, the work is done. You know, the work that we need to do now is get the weight down and, 
and just feel good. It's all about just feeling good right now. And so I'm working on just kind of staying even keel and, and we still got a few days, you know, it's not, not time to get excited yet. So just trying <laughs> to moderate those, those emotions and, and don't tamp them down too much, but just keep them, you know, nice and easy and, and just work on just, just feeling good. And when the time comes, I'll be very spirited and, and present and just ready to go out and just do, do my best. And if I do my best, I know I'll be staying at the top. Absolutely. I know that um, you've said on various interviews that, you know, once you realized that, you know, wrestling was in the Olympics and that was a thing you knew you could win, you, you, you've wanted to win Olympic gold. Um, you know, I think I remember I was listening to an interview, maybe it was late last week or over the weekend, you know, you wanted to win Olympic gold in, in freestyle Greco and folk style, um, yeah. just, you know, just cause it's, you know, that's wrestling. Right. And that's just kind of yeah. where your mind was at. What was your earliest Olympic memory? Like when did you realize, or what, what was it about the Olympics that you saw and thought, you know, Oh, Hey, like I'm, I'm going to do that. I think my earliest Olympic memory was probably, um, standing in line for, for lunch, you know, in, in grade school. And, you know, you go to grab your milk out of the, out of the cooler. And there's a, a poster of, um, Roland Gardner. Ah. And, and, um, I was like, Oh, that's cool. You know, it's a wrestler. You know, and and it's like that, you know, I don't know what I thought really, but I just remember, you know, he's, he's single, you know, he's a wrestler, obviously, he's drinking milk and I like milk. So um, maybe I can be on that poster someday. You know, I think the first time it really resonated was um, 2008 watching uh, Henry Cejudo win, you know, as, as, a, as a really a kid, you know, he's still a kid um, and just seeing him win and and just following his career retrospectively um, and seeing his ups and downs and how, you know, amazingly talented he was and, you know, still is, you know, if he decides to jump back in the UFC ring, I don't know what he's doing, but, <laughs> um, but then just, yeah, I think that was my first like vivid um, memory of the games. Yeah, absolutely. So you, it's Cejudo. It's, it's seeing Rulon on a poster. Um, and I know that as, as you guys grow older and you, and you stay in pursuit of these dreams, um, you know, it always seems like it's that little, you know, that, that first moment when you realized it was possible that continues to fuel the fire. Um, you know, maybe, maybe not everybody, but it seems like a lot of people that seems to be the case, right? Like that's, you know, the, the lifelong childhood dream is, you know, it's within reach. Um, yeah. when did, when did it become, um, you know, and the easy answer here, um, uh, before I even ask the question might be, you know, when, when you're making these age level world teams or when you win the world silver, um, but when did you realize that, you know, Hey, I like, I, I can do this. I can make an Olympic team and I can not only make the team, but perhaps, you know, win gold, right? Like when did that become real for you? I got, I got two answers. The, the first one's kind of a funny answer, but I think it was 2000, 2000 nine and 10 or 10 and 11, the world, world team trials were in council Bluffs, Iowa. Yeah. And I remember being, um, you know, a squirrely little kid. I was always running around trying to, you know, be in the back when you know, where all the athletes were coming out. And I remember, um, oh, I'm going to forget his name. It was Nick Simmons in the finals. And also, uh, was it Hayes Winkle? Was it? No, it wasn't Hayes Winkle. He was wrestling Greco at the time. Oh, shoot. He made the world team. Shoot, I can't remember. 
he coached, he coached with, um, oh, I can't remember his name. Either. Anyways, I just realized how, how little these guys were, you know, at, at 121, you know, 55 kilos. And I was, I was little, you know, 2009 or 10 or, or 11. I was like, I can take these guys, you know, <laughs> these guys on. This guy just want, made a world team, you know. I wasn't that impressed with his technique, and he's definitely not that big, so I think I can take him. So, you know, that was maybe the first moment where it's like, you know, they're just they're my size, and you know, if they're my size, then I can take them. I can beat them. You know, I can beat anybody my size. I like that. But it really hit me when. Um, you know, Ramos made that those couple world teams in uh, 14, 15 and just training with him through college and, and helping him get ready for uh, those worlds and stuff. And up until then, I, I never really beat Ramos. You know, he always really kind of put it to me, you know. But then, um, you know, I'd help him get ready for the, the Olympic trials and then get ready for the Olympic trials. And, and, you know, that's kind of when I started kind of turning the corner. You know, I was like starting to beat these guys in matches and and – maybe not beating them in matches. Uh, maybe I just remember it wrong, but um, <laughs> I keep score different sometimes as every competitor does. But just, just being in matches with these guys. And then all of a sudden, you know, they're, they're making world teams and beating guys, you know, on the world circuit and, and Dennis making the Olympic team. I was like, all right, you know, this, this is doable, you know, and then, then just kind of looking at, you know, at the brackets, it's like, well, this guy, you know, I've beaten him and beaten this guy. And I think I can beat that guy. And, just kind of breaking it down and it's like, all I got to do is just go out and do it. You know, that's the, it's the hardest part. Right. But just go out there and do it. And then, you know, 17, I made the world team and world silver and kind of ran through that tournament, not ran through it in a, in a dominant fashion, but I had a pretty good run. And, and I was like, dang, I'm right. I'm right there, you know, and then getting fifth at the worlds the next year and, just beating a lot of good international guys and you know it's just i'm right there you know it's it's just gotta go do it you know now's (laughs) the time to do it so it's a long that's the long answer it sounds so simple when you just you know i just gotta go do it right like it's it's easy make a world team make an olympic team simple simple but not easy (laughs) (laughs) i like that i like that um well, shoot. I mean, that kind of led into the, the last thing I wanted to ask you, man. What, what do you think it's uh what do you think is it's going to take to get the job done um, this coming weekend? Ultimately, just just being present, um, just being fully present every single second of every single moment. Um, just not getting rattled, just kind of um, Murphy's law, you know, everything that can go wrong will go wrong. And so just. <laughs> Um, there are going to be things that go wrong and not my way. And, and how am I going to react to that? That's going to be the difference. Um, you know, looking back to 2019, you know, final X, you know, there's a lot of things that didn't go my way and I didn't react very well to some of those things. Um, there, are very, there are moments in those matches where, you know, I could have been a little calmer and, and taken things one step at a time and, and the outcome may have or may not have been different, but um, who knows, you know, no, no, one will ever know, but, um, just, just taking care of one thing at a time and, and being present and just ultimately just doing my best and being grateful. Um, that's what it comes down to. There, there's no secret to it. You know, everyone is tough. Everyone's good, you know, but 
just I know if I just do my best and put my whole heart and soul into it, then the outcome's going to be good for me. Absolutely. Absolutely. I know it's always cool to see, you know, people you, you get to know and people you watch and follow be, you know, basically this close to a lifelong dream. Um, so I know I'm excited to go watch you. I know that there's a tons of people that are in Pennsylvania and in Iowa that are going to be really excited to watch you. Um, Thomas, my man, thank you so much for the time. Is there anything else you got for me before I let you go? I don't. That's all I got. That was good. Righteous, man. I appreciate the time and uh, best of luck out there. I'll be down in Texas watching you. So. Thanks, man. See you soon. Always great stuff from Thomas Gilman. I'm going to try some of that raw milk. Uh, I want to keep my weight up a little bit. If that's how we've got to do it, that's that's how we're going to do it. So perhaps a trip to Pennsylvania is in my future. That would be pretty awesome. Um, not really sure, honestly. Like, maybe it could be. I'm not really sure what we're going to do coverage of the Olympics-wise. we got to kind of see how this weekend shakes out first. But, um, you know, who knows? Um, but, yeah, really enjoyed that conversation with Thomas Gilman. I hope you guys did as well. That's all we've got today. Um, thanks a bunch for listening. Be sure to rate and review the show, Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, Google, iHeartRadio, wherever you get your shows. Follow your boy on Twitter at Cody Goodwin, Instagram Cody J. Goodwin. Be sure to also subscribe to the Des Moines Register, guys. Catch all my stories, mailbags, analysis, videos. Um, you don't want to miss a thing this weekend. This weekend's going to featuring the best con- the wrestling our country currently has to offer, and even some of the best in the world as well. It's going to be absolutely insane, awesome, and you guys should absolutely tune in. You can find links to do all of that as well as stories from this past week in the show notes. That's it for this episode. Thanks again for listening, you guys. We will We'll talk again soon.